Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. It's Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. I'm Michelle Smallman. Randy Carricker is out sick today. But we've got Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from The Athletic, hanging out with us all morning long. We've been talking a lot of Blues hockey, Blues and Wild Game 3 tonight. You can catch all the action right here on 101 ESPN, starting with pregame at 7.30. But then our next guest is going to have the puck drop for you at 8.30. It's one of our favorite guys. It's really our favorite segment of the week. Joe Vitale joining us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. What's up, Joey? How you doing today? Jeez, no pressure at all. Hey, big shoes to fill for JR. How's he doing so far, Michelle? Big time. He's doing great. A 10 of 10, Joey, except he told me a story during the commercial break two breaks ago that had us laughing so hard we were crying. I couldn't regain composure as we came back to the air. <laughs> uh, he's not that funny. Don't, don't flatter him, <laughs> Michelle. He, he's fine. We're all fine. Everyone's fine. No, I'm doing well this morning, guys. How are you? We're doing good, Joe. Better than the uh, the Blues defense right now with three important guys out and Nick Letty, Marco Scandella, and Robert Bortuzzo. We don't know the status of any of those three guys heading into Game 3, but if all three of those guys are indeed out for the Blues tonight, how do they overcompensate for those losses? Oh, man. I mean, listen, it's going to be tough because all three of those guys just bring something different. You know what I mean? There's uh, You're looking at a, a full a full depth of, of guys that are just going to be gone. You know, Robert Bortuzzo, of course, um, and Scandella. Let's just talk about penalty kill, for example. I know there's been a bunch of penalties called this postseason so far. I expect that to kind of continue to trend that direction. Um, and you're missing two of your best penalty killers. I mean, Scandella was logging the most time of any defenseman leading up to his injury on the backside for the PK. Robert Bortuzzo just behind him there, especially when you're looking at, you know, the one-time threat of uh, Kirill Kaprizov on that right side, much like Alice Ovechkin. I mean, that's Robert Bortuzzo's wheelhouse right there. That's where he makes his money, coming out blocking shots, good sticks, good lanes. Um, a lot of intelligence comes on the penalty kill. You know, so many guys just think and so many people just think, oh, penalty kill is just a time to utilize the fourth line, get guys some minutes. This is a very intelligent uh, penalty kill run by Jim Montgomery and then kind of spawned off to the veterans of Bortuzzo and Scandella. So uh, that's first and foremost. I mean, you continue to go on from there with the five-on-five play of Nicoletti, uh, his puck-moving ability, his calmness, his poise, his composure. You know, one of the main reasons they brought him in here at the deadline was because, and I talked to a couple of the coaches about this before the deadline, they, they missed one defenseman in the past more than anything from that 19 run. And here I am thinking it's Petro the whole time, but believe it or not, it's actually Carl Gunnarsson. They miss his composure. They miss the, the, the ability just to go out there and make that simple play and just get off the ice. And you don't really notice him that much, and that's okay. So they go out to get Nick Letty, and he's done everything. I mean, the Blues have been on a complete run with Nick Letty. They look great in game one with him. Uh, looked a little out of sorts um, in game two. 
So now you got to move on. You know, we're going to see the status tonight. You know, on the plane, I will say uh, the players looked a little bit better than I had expected, especially Robert Bortuzzo, you know, kind of chat with him. Uh, if he does miss tonight's game, I don't expect to miss all that much. I think he's going to be okay. Nick Letty, hopefully, um, around the corner as well. But those head injuries, you just you just never know. It's day-to-day. But, um, you know, you look at filling the holes. I mean, it, it's just got to be as simple as possible. You know, Nico Mikola in there, whether it be Santini, you know, Callie Rosen, this is a situation now where you're you're kind of on to your last thread, where injuries weren't a big deal heading into the postseason, but now they are, and it's just something that you just kind of have to work through. And, and simple, the simpler the better is going to be. I think the motive for St. Louis right now, especially on the back end moving forward. That's great to hear uh, good news on Robert Bortuzzo that he's feeling better and to hear it from Joey, a real good friend of Robert Bortuzzo. Hey, Joey, uh, the series switches to Enterprise Center tonight. The Blues are going to get the uh, last change, so they got the matchups. Uh, It looked like that Thomas line provided some more offensive chances in the last game. They get the goal from Tarasenko, but how important and how productive do you think they can be when Craig Bruby gets them away from the grief line tonight in Game 3? Yeah, I think it's going to be maybe the biggest the biggest thing, you know, heading into tonight's game is something to keep an eye on. And, and this is where I think home ice, you know, and I was saying this a few weeks ago, as you kind of saw the both teams kind of coming down the wire here, and it was the alarming stat that up to that point a few weeks ago, and I think it kind of still holds true, that that, that grief line with Erickson Eck, uh, Felino, of course, and Greenway only allowed the four even strength goals all season long. And that kind of got your attention. And that's why I think home ice was so important. And we've seen how, how it's made an impact in this series, where, where you know the best line for St. Louis from an offensive standpoint has been that Thomas single bucznevich line. Of course, Dean Evanson being on home ice for games one and two has had the ability to find, get that final change. He's matched up well against Thomas. The Thomas line started to come around a little bit there in game two. You hope that continues to trend in the right direction. I think that power play goal by Jordan Tyru got a couple assists there, one for Thomas, one for Tarasenko, get the juices going a little bit, got the streak going a little bit, got that, that point energy alive in them a little bit. They carried it over to five on five, got that great goal there in the third period as well. You hope to continue to see that more. I think the pressure is now going to be on this line being on home ice. I think that they're a bit hidden in that Minnesota game one and two for rightful reasons as they were going up against the best defensive group trio in the National Hockey League with that kind of grief line like you mentioned, JR. But now now the pressure's on them. I expect Craig Berube to kind of have his matchups um, accordingly. I actually think that that Shen, Barbashev line, that third line, let's call with Cairo, you know, we'll see maybe a couple adjustments there. I actually think that they're going to probably going to be matching up against Erickson Eckline probably the most, if I had a guess. I actually think the Erickson Eckline has been the best line on the ice for both teams. So I expect maybe that Shen, Barbashev, to kind of start having an identity on that third line where maybe they just become a very defensive, savvy group. I mean, you know, with Jordan Cairo, certainly there's got to be a bit more responsibility on his end there, but maybe we see a different right winger kind of sub in there in that third line. But that can be like that third shutdown line. And then that allows the O'Reilly, Perrons, and Saad to get going. And then, of course, the Thomas Tarasenko and Buchnevich. But to me, all eyes are going to be on Thomas line tonight. They should get favorable matchups, especially when the depth rolling over very positively. So I expect those three to have a big night tonight. Joe Vitale joining us here on 101 ESPN Blues and Wild Game 3. You can catch all the action right here on 101 ESPN, starting with pregame at 7.30. And and Joey Ville, who saw was great in his postseason debut in Game 1, 37 saves, uh, like we mentioned, a shutout in his postseason debut. Then the Blues go and they lose Game 2, 6-2. to two. A lot of circumstances really out of Ville Husso's control in that one. Craig Bruby expressed his confidence in Husso heading into Game 3. Where are you confidence-wise in Ville Husso up to this point? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, he's the guy. I mean, no question about it. You know, I mean, just the numbers heading into the postseason uh, were very swayed in Billy's favor. You know, I think they've loved the way his game is trended. I'm not going to sit here and say he's on an extremely long leash. I think it's actually um, still a short leash. I think Mark andre Fleury is still on a short leash. I think that's kind of the fun thing about this series, that all the goaltenders uh, are interchangeable. Uh, but at this point, given the two games that we've seen and what I've seen from games one and games two, I, I think it's still got to be Billy. Of course, no question after game one, he was, he was just superb. But even game two, I mean, look, you go almost 10 minutes to start that game without a shot on goal, uh, much like Tuka Rask did in game seven, the 19 run. Of course, we all remember that. Not seeing a lot of shots. Tough goal, tough time for a goaltender to be in the way building. You want to get in the rhythm early. On the flip side, Marc-Andre Fleury saw shots early in that game. They were all from the outside. Blues did a great job getting shots there, but not bodies there. So Marc-Andre Fleury certainly found a bit of a rhythm in that game. On the flip side, Billy just didn't. So, of course, he left that first one in against Eric Sinek. First shot on goal. I think two shots later on the power play left another one in. So first two out of three shots going past him. Not a great situation. He has done this in the past before. He's allowed the first shot on that end. He's allowed the first couple shots in at times. He's always bounced back very strongly. You know, I thought he bounced back fine. Uh, I think that this is a situation where this is not only goaltending, which game two was. I think he just circles back to uh, how decimated the Blues were on the back end. I mean, you lose Robert Bortuzzo early in that game. Uh, he doesn't play. You're down to five defensemen. You're already out without Nick Letty in Marco Scandella. I mean, guys, you're looking at three of your top six defensemen who were absent in game two. I mean, that's going to have an effect. I mean, Nico Mika like, got big-time minutes with Colton Pareko. And going up and trying to shut down a guy that had 108 points in the National Hockey League, I mean, he's one of the best. Kirill Kaprizov is without doubt one of the best players in the National Hockey League. And Nico Mikula, you know, went from being a healthy scratch down the stretch here, his confidence a bit shaken, now in the top pair. It's not an easy situation. It's not comfortable for him probably. So that was a struggle. You know, Callie Rosen there um, starts out the game great. Bortuzzo, six snaps. They take a dash one right off the hop. A tough start for him as well. And it just was something that it just it rolled over in a very not very positive way throughout the game. And I think this is where the D really got to come together and just keep it simple here tonight to give Billy the best shot to make saves from the outside. You know, that, that to me is where this whole game is going to steer tonight. Dean Evanson uh, made great comments after game one saying how the Blues were so much better in front of both nets, and that was something they had to change in the game too. They did a great job of that. They were better in front of our nets, even though Billy Huso had rebounds. The Minnesota Wild jumped on them, put them in the net, and that, that's credit to them. So now for St. Louis, about the simple play, maybe they go back to that chip-and-go play, just get it out of the zone and defend hard from the inside out and allow Billy to see more shots maybe even early in the game to find some sort of rhythm. Hey, Joy, just one more. Uh, the Wild special teams were a lot better in Game 2 than they were in Game 1, and that's an advantage for the Blues coming into the series was the special teams. We saw that in Game 1. To the naked eye, it looked like on the power play they were going to the net more, the Wild, and then on the PK going against the Blues PP, it looked like they were more aggressive. They came out to the puck. What did you see from the Wild special teams, the tweaks they made? Yeah, I think it's all about adjustments, right? I mean, game one to game two, two to three, three to four, it just kind of continues. This is where coaching is really going to be tested. And it's going to be interesting to see the response now for St. Louis tonight and how they make their adjustments. Um, you know, one thing from each side, let's just we'll keep it simple. Uh, the one thing I noticed from Minnesota was they were much more um, okay with just throwing pucks from the outside. I mean, you look at Brodeen's shot, the first power play goal of that last game. It's just a simple shot from the outside, but they outnumber there down low. Felino's a big body. Greenway, Erickson, they're big bodies, and they're going to be strong in front of the net. But for the game one, for how big those guys are in front of the net, they, they didn't manufacture any chances there for the big bodies that kind of use their weight and find rebounds on Billy Huso. 
So I expect that kind of same approach here tonight. They're going to keep it very simple. They have great defensemen who can kind of find holes to get it there, whether it be Dumba or Spurgeon or Brodeen, certainly guys that can find those holes and get it there and expect um, the Minnesota Wild to try to out number two to one in front of Billy Huso here tonight. So it's very important for that second defenseman to jump in there and really important for that third forward to jump in there to clear the net and for Billy Huso to have good uh, rebound control because they are, I think they're going to have that kind of simple defenseman, just get it down there and try it out number in front of the net. That's on the, the power play standpoint for Minnesota. Another power play uh, for St. Louis, I think the biggest adjustment or the biggest thing that I noticed that Minnesota adjusted very well on was A, the entries. It was very hard for the Blues to get back in the zone. I thought the face-offs, Erickson Eck was very good in the dot in game two. They're winning those face-offs, clearing it down. It took about 35, 40 seconds at times for the Blues to capture that puck, come back in with the re-entries. So number one here tonight, it's got to be face-off ready, not just the sentiment. The winger's got to be ready to jump. You've got to get that puck right away because sometimes if they clear it, it could be 30, 45, 50 seconds before you eventually get it back to the zone and get it set up. So that, to me, is really important. Face-offs are going to be key. I noticed how Minnesota did a much better job um, keeping it tight. They, they kind of packed it in like anchovies, like a tin of anchovies where it was all like kind of centered around the middle where the Blues were so good, especially that veteran group, where it's like hitting those seams, you know, prawn to Shen, Shen to Krug, Krug to Shen. It was just like they're just milling it around, right? And there were so many gaps. I think that, you know, Minnesota is going to do a very good job of keeping it very tight. They're not trying to allow those seams. They're going to allow Marc-Andre Fleury to take the shot from the outside. They're comfortable with that. I think they're going to see a pretty passive approach here. So now the challenge becomes for St. Louis, do you use the bumper more? Do you go down low more? Do you use that Pat Maroon-esque kind of jam play for Brandon Saad, those back doors from Braden Shen, those high tips? Those are all the kind of creative pieces that now Steve Ott has got to kind of try to convey to these guys and just use their, use their intelligence, use their creativity, try to find the holes down low. But I think it will be more down low than those scene plays to Perron on those one-timers like we saw so much in game one. Joe, where are you at on anchovies? Do you use them a lot when you're cooking? The anchovies are the biggest secret ingredient out there. I'm telling them to say. Agreed. Okay, you think about it. It's natural. Michelle, it's natural salt. That's mm-hmm. all that it is. And I tell you one thing. The next time anyone makes sugu or pasta or gravy, whatever you want to call it, the next time you make any kind of pasta sauce, okay, you got the olive oil, you got the garlic going, take a couple of anchovy fillets. And, Michelle, you probably know all about this. Put it in there, put it in the pan, smash it up, and it basically disintegrates. You don't even see it anymore. It just kind of melds into it. And then I promise you, when people eat it, they're like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing. And they don't know what it is because when you taste anchovy in a sauce, you, you can't put your finger on what exactly it is, but there's some sort of depth of flavor. And it's just, it's just nature's salt. That's all that it is. So I throw anchovies on absolutely everything. When I was in Italy a few years ago with my wife and kids, they bring them out whole. You just chew them. You eat through the bones and everything. It's my kind of style right there. I throw them on pizza. Throw them on bread. My nan, who God rest his soul, when I would, whenever I make sourdough homemade bread, he would need Parmesan cheese, olive oil, and he'd put about three or four anchovies on top. And he'd always say, uh, he'd always say this is his last meal before he goes away. So <laughs> anchovies, great ingredient, secret, throwing in everything. It's, uh, it's good for the belly, good for the soul. I agree, Joe. I had an anchovy pasta once that changed my life, and it was explained to me just like you did. It's just salt. It's essentially just salt, and the person who made it said, you probably are eating a lot of recipes that have anchovies in it that you don't even realize. I'm telling you, if, when you go to Louis, you go to like nice Italian restaurants in St. Louis, um, they just they, they throw it in there, and you don't even know it because the thought of anchovies being in food would just freak people out. So they don't even tell you. My dad used to do it when we were kids. We, he'd make the best pastas and eventually told us a secret. And my sisters just about lost it. But uh, at the end of the day, we didn't really care. But no, anchovies are a, 
They're one of my secret ingredients. I love them, especially if you can get them from Sicily. Everything good comes from Sicily, first and foremost. If you can't get them Sicilian, then try to look around the regions around Italy. Joe, this might have been the most normal conversation I we've ever had say. with you. I know. You guys wanted to stick to business. Well, it's kind of businessy. I mean, listen, it's a playoff. We should be, we should be kind of businessy, but not to derail this thing completely because I know we're out of time. You guys need to watch a show. Stanley Tucci. Have you seen this? Of he course searches. I have. I'm obsessed oh with it. God. Joe, I'm obsessed Michelle. with it. He Come has the on. best gig in media. Stanley Tucci this, does. <laughs> can we, can I get this job? How do I get this job where I literally travel around Italy, eat, talk to people, okay. and just, I mean, do you see him in Venice the other day? He's floating on these boats in like the city under the sea. I mean, I get so geeked up for Sunday nights now. Folks, it is the greatest show out there. Stanley Tucci searches for Italy, CNN every Sunday night. This is my guy. And I kind of got a little bit of a man crush on him. I don't know about like, <laughs> I mean, if I'm a woman, like he's got that kind of scarf, bald headed, oh, yeah. like the glasses, you know what I mean? all the outfits the, are tailored, Joe. He's, ta- yeah. he's talking about Parmesan. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, I am just like moaning like a dog watching what? this show. My, wife, my wife's like, you need to like relax. I'm like, I can't relax. This is just my jam. You're like, babe, shh, Stanley's on the TV. Uh, yeah, hey, the tooch, the tooch man's on. Pipe down over there. Joey, what time are you going to be at the rink so I can get your man card? <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it, love it. I'll be down there pretty soon. I got, I got, I got a rascal, a couple of kids right now. I got bread in the oven as well. I got to get going. Uh, great stuff as always from Joey V. Thanks so much, Joe. And we'll be listening to you tonight. The Blues in the Wild. You're going to be on the call with Curbs at 8.30 p.m. We'll talk to you then. Looking, for, looking forward. You guys have a great week. Have a great weekend. Oh, man. That is Joe Vitale. We always have so much fun with him on Fridays here on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.